And a reminder, folks, this is uh, very dear to my heart, and I just want to remind all of you to pray. When the Lord lays it upon your heart, pray for those that you know of who have lost loved ones in the last year. The holiday season, especially the first holiday season and the first of anniversaries, so on and so forth, can be very, very difficult times. So, just pray. When the Lord lays it on your heart, pray for those who have lost loved ones during the past year. It's hard to wear a frown on your face when there's joy in your heart. The Advent candle, joy. Today we will examine what joy is, what sets it apart from human emotion. How do we live a life of joy? Where does it come from? Why I believe it's foundational for the other truths of Advent season, hope, love, and peace. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Luke chapter 2, we'll get a portion of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, we'll read up through verse 14. And I do read from the ESV version. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. I want you to notice that when the angel appeared and the glory of the Lord shone round them, there was great fear. And that was soon to be replaced by great joy. Father, we ask your blessing on the reading of your word. May it have meaning in our lives, Father, more than just words on paper. You breathed these words. They are from you as recorded by man. So by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, impart these truths, impute them to us, inscribe them upon our hearts. Father, I pray that we have a new understanding of Christmas itself, the birth of the Christ child. Be with those families who cannot be with us today. We pray for those who are listening or watching online that you would move through the word that is preached today. Lives would be changed. People would be saved. And others would be drawn near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. 
You know, it's interesting that Luke, in his gospel account, opens with joy, chapter 2 and verse 10, and he closes with joy, chapter 24, verses 50 and 53, and I share those texts. And again, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And in chapter 24, as Luke ends his gospel record, then he led them out, then he being Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple blessing God. Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. No good news, no bad, oh, excuse me, just good news. The good news of great joy. If there's any bad news in the good news, it's for those who don't understand and receive the good news. Amen? Even the words that Mary would soon hear from Simeon as she presented her son at the temple would have indication of being bad news. It was the ultimate good news, though, it was the fulfillment of Jesus' life as he would suffer and die. But her soul, her heart would also be pierced. Good news, great joy comes from a great God. A great God only gives great things. He gives great joy, not so-so joy, not ho-hum joy. He gives great joy. Why? Because he's a great God. He gives great mercy. Not in part, not in pieces, not in partiality. He gives great mercy. Why? What say it? Because he's a great God. He gives great love. Not in part, not partial, not a, not a fondness. Great love. Why? Because he's a great God. He gives great grace. Why does he give great grace? Because he is a great God. And a great God gives great things. Are you with me? Our great God doesn't compromise or marginalize. He's never incomplete or insufficient. It's all great. It's all good. It's all great. I bring you good news of great joy. The first point of consideration for us this morning is joy is more than an emotion. And I remember, I think I've shared this with you a time or two, but anyway, I was preaching uh, at a Chinese church and uh, using an interpreter, of course, and they had previewed some of my notes. And uh, as many of you probably know, too, most of my notes are not complete. <laughs> uh, God just fills in the blanks. But I was preaching on the difference between happiness and joy. Well, guess what? I was informed at the end of the sermon that in the Mandarin language, there is no translation difference between joy and happiness. Well, you talk about falling flat. But really in the English language, there is. We can see a difference between happiness and joy. Let me go a little further. This is an emotionally packed story. Imagine the emotions of Joseph. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
You talk about an emotional roller coaster. These, these couples, couples in love, folks. I've had a poor, poor response to raising hands, but I'm going to ask one more time. How many of you have ever been in love? Still am. Still am. Good. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later on here. But they were in love. They had plans like any other couple of any other time, of any other period, in any other era in history. They had plans for one another, for each other. And brothers and sisters, I assure you, this was not part of them. Joseph said, your betrothed is pregnant. What are you going to do? Imagine the emotions of Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then what's he tell her? She's going to have a baby. Not in the plans. Not in the plans. Imagine Zachariah and Elizabeth during this same period. In the days of Herod, King Jude, uh, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he has a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Scripture is very polite. They were old. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside of the hour of incense and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you'll call his name John. I'll tell you what, that'd leave anybody speechless, which it did. Even in the womb, cousin John leaps with joy when he first encounters Mary, the mother of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, if we were to get caught up in the emotions of this story and not recognize the sovereign hand of God, this could be a troubling text. And if we ride or rest on our emotions and our feelings through life, we will live a train-wrecked life, I guarantee you. Fear is an emotion. And what's the first thing the angel said that has to go? Fear, fear not. John tells us in his first epistle, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. You see, emotions can distract us from the will of God, but the joy of the Lord will keep us stable. Now, Dr. David Jeremiah uh, came out with a uh, Christmas devotion, I believe, this year, uh, and, and he called it stable peace. Get it? Yeah, I like it. Stable peace. Emotions can distract us from the will of God. Emotions would have led Joseph to say, no way, she's on her own. I'm not getting mixed up in this. 
Emotions would have led Mary to say, hey, go find yourself someone else. I've got plans. Brothers and sisters, listen, we got to be ready and prepared to be interrupted. Now, I, I, I don't know that this, well, I do too know that this will never be repeated again because it was, it was one time for the provision of the Messiah, the Son of God. But there's going to be time in all of our lives when life interrupts living, when plans get changed, when our schedules get altered. Love and obedience would bring them both joy. Tony Evans puts it this way. He says, joy is an internal stability. In spite of external circumstances, because of the knowledge that God is in control, it is settled assurance and quiet confidence in God's sovereignty that results in the decision to praise Him. Biblical love is a decision. Compassionately, righteously, responsibly, sacrificially seek the well-being of another. You can love people who you may not necessarily like. Who has some of those? Because love is not dependent on our feelings. That's why Jesus commanded you to love your enemies. It is true that love may include feelings or affections, and such feelings may develop over time, but it's not driven by them. Folks, love is a decision. Young people, if you're sitting out there today and you're thinking about marriage and you want to come to me for, for premarital counseling, praise God. But first thing I'm going to ask you is why do you want to get married? And most often, what's going to be the response? Because we love each other. Well, let me tell you something. You didn't get to that point by falling into it. We don't fall in love. And we don't fall out of love. We make decisions. We make decisions to love or not to love. And then all these emotions and feelings connect themselves to that decision. Number two, joy transcends our experiences. It transcends our experiences. It is not an emotional roller coaster ride. A couple of years after Jesus' birth, crisis Hits again. Think about it. The wise men, the magi arrive, pay homage to the king, present great gifts. Wow, things are really looking up. I mean, we've got gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We are not only rich with a baby child, we are rich in earthly goods. What possibly could go wrong? Now, when the wise men departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother. And flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So now we're, we're here with the wise men. We've got these beautiful, extravagant gifts that would provide a living for years to come to a poor carpenter and his family. And now all of a sudden, hey, Joseph, by the way, I want you to relocate immediately to Egypt. And I want you to stay there until I tell you otherwise. Because somebody wants to kill your boy. Folks, do you see it? This is real life. This is not a, a, a drama play written in, in some fictional manner. This is real people living life and going through these radical changes as God takes them in a journey predetermined for them. Please take notice when the plot to kill Jesus started. It didn't just start with the Jewish leaders in his adult life. It existed in the political realm when Jesus was born. 
from Nazareth to Bethlehem to Egypt and back to Nazareth. What a life so far. And God was sovereignly directing the whole journey. Folks, any one of us can be in a similar situation, not exact. But we can be at any moment facing the unknown. We can be at any moment facing something we don't understand and we don't like. And we're going to have to make a choice right there. Either God knows what he's doing or he does not. That's the choice. And if you got the joy of the Lord, it's going to make it a whole lot easier to say, your will be done, Lord. Your will be done. When our circumstances are going well, pleasant, without trouble, we experience a sense of happiness, an emotional euphoria. But when our circumstances change, as surely they will, this kind of happiness proves itself to be superficial and fleeting. When trouble comes, this kind of happiness driven by circumstance soon evaporates under the heat of the sun. The joy given us by God, however, is not a product of circumstance, but it is based upon our relationship with Jesus Christ, our communion and fellowship with him. This joy we have is a fruit of God's indwelling Holy Spirit. Happiness is like a thermometer that is regulated by the outside environment, but the joy of our Lord is the thermostat. It comes from inside. It comes from the Lord himself. And it has a spiritual effect on our souls. I want to present to you a phrase that we will be repeating through the remainder of this message. After the reading of the law in the book of Nehemiah, there was a great celebration. Nehemiah called the people to a holy day, a holy feast, a holy time. And at the dismissal of the people, when he told them to go home and, and eat, drink, and be merry, and, and take to those who were in need, Nehemiah, Ezra, and the priest gave this charge. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How many can say that this morning? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Have you ever let emotions get in the way of sound decision? Have you ever let feelings take you places you don't want to go. The joy of the Lord is my strength, even when everything's gone wrong around me. I have good news for you today, folks. I have good news for you today. It's great joy. It's great joy. Number three, and moving along quickly, joy is an expression of God's character. Whatever God gives us, he gives through his son. The central character of all scripture is the son of God. And behold, you will conceive, and in your womb bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Not only is it the expression of God's character, but he's the exact representation of God himself. 
He is the image of the invisible God, Colossians 1, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. We just read a description of that little baby in the manger right there. That little baby. Holding the universe together. Because he put it there. And someday he would go just that short few feet from the height of a manger to the height of a cross. And there he would die. Why? Because he wanted us to have his joy. What God gives, no one can take away, brothers and sisters. Say amen. What God gives, no one can take away. Joy is a gift from God. You cannot separate joy from God. We cannot be separated from the love of God. The world does not and cannot give joy, so the world can't take mine away. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Who put it there? God did. So who's going to take it out? Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not know or see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God's character is expressed even in the name given to his son. You shall call his name Jesus. The Lord saves or the Lord is salvation. Point number four, joy, hope, and peace are inseparable. Inseparable. Listen to the key point, one verse, Romans 15, 13. Paul writes these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. There's Advent in Romans. Romans chapter 15. Hope, joy, peace come as a package deal when you receive the Holy Spirit at conversion. Joy, as we understand it in the biblical context, goes much deeper than our emotions or our feelings. The believer's joy is rooted in what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Real joy comes from knowing we have redemption through his blood. Real joy comes in the awareness that we have been received as the sons and daughters of God and have become heirs of the king. Real joy comes from the blessed assurance we have spiritual inheritance in the heavenly places that awaits us. Real joy comes in knowing that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's great joy. And even in trials and sufferings, James says, count it all joy, brothers. Count it all joy. If you are lacking one of the hope, love, joy, peace, you've missed the whole package. Because the Holy Spirit gives them all when he takes control of our lives. The gifts of joy, hope, and peace do not erase or eradicate our times of sorrow, pain, doubt, even our fears and sadness, but they override them. And point number five, joy is Emmanuel. 
Joy is Emmanuel. That's why it's great joy. That's why it's the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because it is the Lord. He cannot be separated from the gifts that he gives. They dwell in him as a person and in us at new birth. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God cannot give us joy without giving us himself. Our true joy is God with us. God with us, Christ in us, us in Christ, all brought together through the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit. Joy is Emmanuel. Joy is Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Listen, please, and prepare as Jesus prepares his disciples for the future. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is my commandment. Excuse me. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Wow. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus complete the provision? On the cross. Hebrews 12 tells us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of great witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God in glory. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength, brothers and sisters, and I hope and pray that the Lord is your strength also. When darkness comes, what will you say to the darkness? I want you to, you don't stand up, but when when darkness comes, here's what I want us to say to the darkness. The Lord, the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say it with me, please. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When sorrow comes, what will you say to the sorrow? The joy of the Lord is my strength. When trials come, what will you say to those trials? The joy of the Lord is my strength. When pain and suffering come, what will you say to the pain and suffering? The joy of the Lord is my strength. When loneliness overwhelms you, what do you say to the loneliness? The joy of the Lord is my strength. When death enters our family and sorrow seems to overwhelm us, we will stand before God and say, I trust you, Lord and the joy that you have given me will be my strength. Amen. We got to believe this, folks. We must believe this. We must hold fast to it. When our wives die too soon, Cliff Fisher, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Charlie Rappert. I could go I could go through this congregation and name people who have lost their mates, wives who have lost their husbands, parents who have lost children. And I'm going to tell you, there's one thing that will get you through that. There's one thing that will enable you to endure, and that's to stand up and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I shall not give up. I'm here to tell you that even the psalmist said, Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. 
Adversity cannot have you. The devil cannot claim you. Discouragement cannot prevail over you. Fear cannot control you. Why? The Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In part? No. In full. Hope, love, joy, peace. And who gives it? A great God. A great God who sent an angel to tell the world he had good news. Had good news. And that good news was great joy. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Awkward ending. But here's what we're going to do. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Amen. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with that, Say, Pastor, I'm, I'm just not sure. I, I'm just not sure. I, I have doubts. Well, that's okay. Sometimes I, I, I'm afraid. That's okay. It's okay. It's, it's going to happen to all of us. Pastor, I'm hurting. I've, I've suffered a lot of loss this year, previous years, and I'm confused. I, I don't, that, that's okay. You see what I'm saying? Those things are okay as long as we know where to take those things. And give them to a great God who in turn gives us great joy, great mercy, great love, great grace. What an exchange. What an exchange. All of our hate, all of our pain, yeah, even our hate, <laughs> our pain, our sorrow, our hurts, our anger, our doubts, our fears, we just lay them at the foot of the cross and run down through the blood is joy, hope, peace, love. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That's the question. Father, thank you for the time that we've had this morning. Thank you, Father, for all that has occurred, and I pray that your word has been rightly divided without confusion, with clarity. And Father, I pray that if there be anyone here today that has never really experienced Christmas because they've never had Christ in their lives, I pray that that would occur today by your power and for your glory. 